Greetings, and thank you for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection for May 26, 2021. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Most merciful and gracious God, we thank you for your word and ask that you would open our hearts and minds to understand and follow the teachings of your Son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. This year we've enjoyed an unusually cool spring compared to the average temperatures here in South Carolina. Even as I speak, the weather is heating up and becoming more summer-like. And just as things are heating up here in South Carolina, farmers as well as backyard gardeners are beginning to plant and sow seeds in hopes of producing crops of grain and vegetables. We're going to explore the parable of the sower today as written in the book of Matthew. Just like our weather's heating up here, things were also heating up for Jesus as well. He was beginning to have more dust-ups with the religious leaders. You know, parables were an integral element in Jesus' teaching. In Matthew's gospel alone, we find more than 20 of them. But before we turn our attention to the lesson of the sower, let's just take a moment to look at why Jesus taught in parables. Um, number one, parables reveal the heart of the listener. Number two, parables make the conceptual a little more concrete. And next, truth has a bigger impact when you have to work at it. Jesus didn't explain everything in complete detail. He expected his listeners to do some of the work. If he had filled in all the blanks for everyone, it would not have had the same effect. One powerful thing about a parable is that the listener has to make the connection between the story he's hearing and its truth. And lastly, Jesus' parables fulfilled prophecy. If you look at Psalm 78, verses 1 through 3, it starts off uh, with an interesting prophecy about the coming Messiah. And here's that reading. My people... Hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. Not only is it predicted that the Christ would teach in parables or prophecies, but Jesus also explains to the disciples that the response of the many people listening to his teaching was also foreseen. And this is evident when he quotes Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. I'm going to read it here, and you'll hear it again in the reading in Matthew. He said, Go and tell this people, Be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise they might see their eyes with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. And here is the parable of the sower 
as written in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 through 23. Here is the reading. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got, got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have, their, have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed following on, falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred. 60, or 30 times what was sown. As we unpack this parable, I'll share some of my own personal thoughts as well as some thoughts I gleaned from commentaries in researching this parable. 
First, there is the hard heart, the seed that falls along the roadside. This represents people who hear the word of God, but never really believe. Then there's the shallow heart. That is the seed that falls on stony ground. This signifies the people who hear the word of God and receive it with joy, but because there's no root to sustain them, they wither. Next, there's the crowded heart. That is a seed that falls on ground where weeds choke out its growth. Slowly and surely, these people, busy with the cares and riches of the world, just lose interest in the things of God. Finally, there's the fruitful heart that receives the word. The seed falls on good ground and the plants produce a rich harvest. We decide whether we will have a hard heart, a shallow heart, a crowded heart, or a receptive heart. I do believe if we decide to join Jesus in this mission of sowing, that we will have a fruitful heart. This is exactly what James meant when he said, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. That can be found in James chapter 1, verse 21. Jesus toured the countryside sharing truths about God's kingdom. This was a lot more difficult than one might imagine in a mostly uneducated Galilee region. He wasn't speaking to people who had any interest in sitting around a coffee shop all day discussing theoretical concepts, let alone the luxury of doing so. Thousands of years later, we're still studying Christ's parables and discovering our own relationship to those spiritual truths. You know, in context, Jesus is the farmer. He spent spent three years of his life sharing the message of the kingdom with varied results. When we see God as the sower, it's incredibly meaningful. It's wasteful for a farmer to throw seed away on soil that's not going to produce, but the farmer is so hopeful that he's willing to do it anyway. Jesus doesn't differentiate between worthy and unworthy soil. He throws as much grace and gospel seed as he can at us because he's just so consumed with the desire to see us be reconciled to him. If we are to sow the seeds, is it our responsibility to know the condition of someone's heart? That is to say, are we supposed to selectively sow seeds or sow them everywhere? I would say no, it's not our responsibility to know the spiritual health of someone's heart. It is, however, our humble duty to sow the seeds in truth and allow God to give the growth. Like Jesus, we're to sow the gospel as liberally as possible. If we try to guess whose heart is most likely to support the message of the kingdom, we're going to get it wrong. We need to scatter the gospel as widely as we can. It's the only way to produce the kind of yield the Lord would like to see. Listen to the words of Jesus during what is called the Great Commission as he spoke to his disciples. He's also speaking these words to us right now. This is found in a later chapter of Matthew, Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. And here's the reading. 
Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. As Jesus spoke these words to his disciples, take note that he didn't say, go do this on your own and good luck. He said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He was with the disciples then. He's with me now and he's with each one of you now. As we all go to sow the seeds of the gospel by our distinctively Christian words and deeds. It's important to note that Jesus said go to all nations, not just a few select nations, and not just a few select few in each one of the nations. The more we model Christ-like behavior, the more we are living into the Great Commission in partnership with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If there is any hope for the unproductive soil, it is that the sower keeps sowing generously even extravagantly, even in the least promising places. Jesus' investment in his disciples shows that he simply will not give up on them in spite of their many failings. We trust that he will not give up on us either, but will keep working on whatever is hardened, rocky, or thorny within and among us. We trust in his promise to be with us to the end of the age. Jesus' approach to mission is quite at odds with our kind of play-it-safe instincts. He gives us freedom to take risk for the sake of the gospel. He endorses extravagant generosity in sowing the word, even in scary places. Though we may ponder about the wisdom or efficiency of his methods, Jesus promises that the end result will be a bumper crop. Just like farmers across the state and backyard gardeners, we must prepare ourselves so that we are equipped to share the good news. You know, in practical application, that sounds a lot like our vision at St. Paul's Church of learning, loving, living God's Word. And that can be accomplished by hearing God's Word preached in community with other believers. It can be accomplished by daily Bible study either by yourself or in small groups. I truly believe small groups are especially important in equipping us for the mission of sowing seeds that will bear fruit. When meeting in small groups, we can take comfort in knowing what Jesus said when people gather in his name. This is found in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Now let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, we thank you for sending your Son to call and teach his disciples about your kingdom. His teachings were relevant 2,000 years ago, and they are still relevant today. We thank you for the opportunity for each one of us to be taught through your word and prepared to sow seeds of the good news and trust you to give the growth. We lift up this prayer in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now, learn, 
love, live God's word so you can go in peace and serve the Lord.